Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you go to the Five Reasons YouTube channel, you get all of our other content on the other South Florida teams, some of which have made more moves lately. You can check that out there on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Also check out FiveReasonsports.com for all the latest articles on the local, local teams without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Prize Picks. Use that code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Download it from, again, Google Play or the App Store. Get it before the Super Bowl. They've got a free square, a free square for Pat Mahomes, all he needs to do is throw for one yard, and you win there, okay? So just combine it with something else. Check out our episodes of Price Picks on 5 on the 5 Reasons YouTube channel. We basically tell you who to play in the Super Bowl. Get it downloaded now. You don't want to be sitting there doing nothing. If the game's bad, you at least want to be uh, seeing if your players are going to hit, right? So it's legal in the state of Florida and many other states. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Before we start here, I do want to say that if you want real-time analysis of what happened or didn't happen at the trade deadline today, Greg Sylvander uh, who is with me today, along with Brady Hawk and Alex Toledo. That's the floor plan. The four of us are going to kind of wrap things up here. But if you want the real-time analysis, they did it on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We also put it on the podcast feed. So if you just scroll back and refresh, you will find it. And they got into everything that was going on around the league and also what was not going on with Miami. And so I'm going to start here before I bring these guys in with just a little bit of context and obviously, we understand the frustration, and we are not going to blow smoke up your you-know-what tonight, okay? Heat fans are disappointed, and they're disappointed because this team needs upgrades. That's why they're disappointed. And we're going to get into the reasons that they didn't make upgrades today, and I believe it has more to do with what's happened in the past than what they tried to do or didn't try to do over the past three days. They are paying for past mistakes, in my view. OK, but we will get into what maybe they could have done. But just to start with a little bit of context here, when I use the word inactivity today, uh, I was kind of scolded by somebody inside the organization that they didn't like that word because the heat, in his view, were not inactive today. They were active. They were trying to make a variety of moves. They couldn't. Twenty seven teams, I believe, were involved in the trade deadline activity 
over the past 24 hours as we're speaking here. The Heat were not one of them. Their only trade was made earlier in the week where they traded Dwayne Dedman, a player who they basically signed for this purpose of being able to include his contract in a trade for someone else. And here's what I was told about that. Why did they not wait to trade Dwayne Dedman until today? They did not. First part is they did not know if they could. Okay. They did it early in the week because San Antonio had the cap space available. That was going to be the dumping ground, although other teams didn't use it. The Heat did use it. And so they basically wanted to move Deadman's contract at that point to know that they had the flexibility going forward. And especially if things didn't break right today, they wouldn't be stuck with that contract and not gain that flexibility. So they essentially took the bird in the hand instead of two in the bush. They took the deal for Deadman at that point, which created the trade exception and also created about $5 million worth of wiggle room under the luxury tax. That does create an opportunity for a buyout candidate in what is expected to be one of the most sort of busy buyout markets in years. There are more big names that are going to be bought out mostly because of the competitiveness of the league right now. And also uh, because so many players were traded (laughs) to teams that they were simply being used as salary cap filler and vets going to teams that don't really want them. And so we will talk about those players in the future, but not so much today. Okay. You've heard some of the names, Westbrook and Reggie Jackson and Will Barton. It's a whole bunch of guards, actually, okay, which is interesting as we talk about Kyle Lowry, who obviously did not get traded today going forward. There are not a lot of front court players that are being discussed, but we'll see what happens over the next few days. My basic view on buyouts is you rarely get someone who helps you. The Miami Heat have had, for all the success they've had in a variety of areas acquiring players, most of their buyout uh, additions, whether it was a Mike Bibby or others, have not worked out. Joe Johnson worked out for about six weeks, and he bombed in the playoffs. Typically, buyout candidates are buyout candidates for a reason. So we will, we will discuss that in the grand context today, but we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the specific players. We'll do that over the next 48 hours. So that's where it's at. They did not make a move. Other teams in the conference got better. The Knicks Got better. They didn't make a big move with Chicago, but they added uh, Josh Hart. Milwaukee added Jay Crowder for five second-round picks. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, I thought, made uh, a good addition. We'll talk about that one here a little bit as we go forward. So other teams in the conference got better. And, in fact, Toronto, which was supposed to be selling off, which was the team we were pointing to, spent a lot to add a center who actually will make them better. And maybe they become more viable as a challenger to Miami sort of from behind at this stage. Toronto has a better net rating than the Heat do right now. So I wouldn't totally discount them. I'm going to go to you, Greg. The The disappointment that Heat fans are feeling, to, A, is it warranted? And B, in your view, based on what we know about what they tried to accomplish today, are they at fault or the heat is the heat organization at fault at all? Are they at fault for today or are they at fault for what happened previous prior to today? So I want to echo that the fan base is disappointed. And I think I have a couple comments from fans, loyal listeners of this program and longstanding heat fans, um, guys that have been around for a really long time. So they've been through the highs and the lows. One is from, uh, Uh, buddy Dave on Twitter that says it's not like they necessarily did the wrong thing today. It's more an indictment on their approach of this summer. Another one as a fan, I think it's time to clarify what the direction of the team should be today was a gut punch and hoping they could correct the mistakes of the summer. 
there's a common theme coming in to me from heat fans that I speak to frequently. And I think that there's validity to thinking through that about that they've essentially had a conference finalist that they have not added anything to now through a deadline. And I think that heat fans should feel um, absolutely that there, that there should be frustration attached to that. And I think there are reasons why um, that there's probably more spending power in waiting till the summer but it's just difficult to see this team struggle, to see them have skeleton crews off the bench, to see B- Jimmy and Bam playing so well, and the team still not translating that into victories. And then that for them to go through the summer and kind of kick the can to the deadline, and then the deadline doesn't happen, how can Heat fans not be disappointed? And so I just think that this is a point where if you think this team is what it is or they are who they are, why the hell are you not supplementing the top guys with more talent? And so that's where Heat fans stood today. But it's much more a conversation about what happened previous to to today. I think today they kind of probably did the safest thing that they could. Um, But it's what happened maybe over the summer that starts to look really ugly at this point. Well, basically what they decided to do today, the way it was described to me, was they decided not to spend a bunch of future assets that they may need to make a bigger splash for a modest upgrade. That's essentially what they decided today. Alex, I got a bigger picture question to ask you, but before I get to that, let's start with this one. I think one of the things that's frustrating Heat fans is a lot of the names we talked about as being available to the Heat that would help the Heat, whether it was a Dorian Finney-Smith or a Jared Vanderbilt or any of these guys, a lot of those guys moved. I mean, John Collins didn't move, right? And the guys in Toronto, the big names didn't move. But these these supplemental pieces, like the Lakers, I mean, Rob Palenka's gotten killed, right? The Lakers added four, five viable role players, a lot of them with upside, okay? And including D'Angelo Russell, who um, we all have issues with as a player, but is a legitimate scorer in this league, who's probably a better fit for them than Russell Westbrook did. And they added it for one first-round pick, which was, I guess, light, lightly protected, I guess. One first-round pick. And then and and what and and Russell Westbrook's expired, which was supposed to be a negative asset um, in, in the view that you were going to have to attach more picks to that. And they added five. I think that's I got another question to ask you, which is bigger picture after this. But I think that's the frustration. He fans, it's it's not like nobody moved. Like if, if, if this was a, like a totally stagnant deadline and all of those guys just stayed where they were. But with the exception of a few, like Kelly Olenek didn't move. OK, but most of those guys moved, Alex. So how should the Heat fan feel today? I mean, that's just an easy question, man. Like, it's just hard not to feel disappointed. And, you know, we've, all of us at different degrees, have talked different uh, degrees just all season when it comes to the way that the Heat should go about this and, you know, what to expect, what not to expect. And honestly, just the fact that they opened themselves up for a bigger move earlier in the week with Devin and had to, throw in a second to get off a guy who was supposed to be a tradable contract was signed specifically for that purpose. You open up all this flexibility to do nothing with it and then kind of sell the fans that it's the buyout guys. It's it's not going to be that big of a difference between what you get from them versus what you can get from some of these other guys who they would have to throw in picks for. I'm not really buying that, right? Like I think guys who are going for first round picks, one or more, there's a reason they're going for that. And there's a reason guys are on the buyout market. So it's fine. Like you can go and get one or two of those guys, whatever they plan to do, because 
you know, if they plan on converting Orlando quickly, then um, there's only one spot for another buyout guy, right? So you kind of got to pick one guy from the bunch. And that guy is not going to propel you to another level in the, in the conference. So it's fine. Get another body. But of course, the Heat fans should feel disappointed. Like, it's one thing to, you know, talk about Heat fans not, uh, being disappointed with KD ending up somewhere else after all of that. Kyrie ending up something uh, somewhere else. But, you know, for the Heat to stand pat and do nothing, I mean, it was just so underwhelming, just so anticlimactic. And I know it feels like we're just kids just kind of, you know, begging for new toys and, you know, begging for new dopamine hits coming from our phone. But really, man, like everybody who watches this team knows what they are, what they're not good at. And when the team spends all this time talking about how they're always wanting to contend for a title and the only thing you do is go further away from a luxury tax that you weren't even passed and spend a second round pick to do that. Like, it's just, it's a little bit, it feels like a troll almost. And I know they don't do it like that. I'm not saying they operate in that way, but it's like, wow, all that buildup. And they got absolutely nothing out of it. It's not like they have a team that's shown, okay, no, they're fine. They're in the two seed or something like that. They have like this extremely successful formula. No, like they were kind of, you know, a fish barely above water for half the season so far. And then, you know, for a little while now, they've been a few games above 500. It's not like this team has shown you that they're a contender. So I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I don't know how you don't feel disappointed if you're a Heat fan. Hard to blame them. Now, you know, just like with anything else, there's levels to it. They, they are the definition of average. I've mentioned this before. I decided to check today. Even after that win against Indiana, their net rating on the season is 0.0. They're literally a flat line. They went from 14 to 1 in Vegas to win the championship this season, right before the season started, to 25 to 1, to 30 to 1, to 45 to 1. And today they checked in at 50 to 1 after the deadline. They are 21st in the league in net rating. You cannot make a case, even though they are over 500, and even though that Eric Spolstra has had extremely strong marches in the past, we've discussed that, you cannot make the case that like this is magically going to get better. I mean, I think the, the only thing that they've really done is some addition by subtraction, by get by no Deadman and, and no Lowry, honestly. And, and we're going to talk in the second half of this episode about Kyle Lowry, because I think that is the most pressing issue here. Like, what did they do there? But actually, Brady, I'm going to ask you the question I was going to ask Alex, then we'll go to the break and we'll get to that. Give me a reason to watch this team the last third of the season, because that is what Greg's hitting at right now. Like, give me, I mean, you're the basketball guy. Like, give me a reason to watch this team. We go to the games. We certainly appreciate our credentials. Thank you, Tim Donovan. We're not asking not to have those credentials. We will cover the team as we would cover the team. They are a playoff team, most likely. Um, they treat us well, and, and we will cover them. But we're going to be honest about it. What? Why? Give me a reason to watch this team last third of the season. Bam out of bio. I think it's that simple. Like you have a centerpiece as much as we talk about your franchise player in Jimmy, you also got to put this in the context of Bam. And I think we should also, in terms of the trade deadline stuff, put it in the context of last night's game specifically, because as much as we talk about whatever happened in that game was not going to decide what happened at the deadline, but you go out there and you watch Bam go drop 38. You watch him hit 10 jumpers and I think nine of them didn't even hit rim. You watch Jimmy Butler, whenever he feels like it could just kind of flip a switch and just in the third quarter, score on any matchup he goes to like in you know Tyler can be thrown into this mix as well but those two guys specifically last night just have continually have moments where it's like that's where I think this comes into the, the fan perspective it's like you're watching these two guys go out there and have the ability to make runs where it's like get those guys help so I think in, in terms of your question I think the answer is bam uh and in terms of the the general sense as well to kind of add on to the stuff you guys were talking about before 
The thing that makes this weird, because Ethan, you mentioned kind of the East getting better, but it was they were minor moves in the East. Like it's Mike Muscala to Boston. It's Jay Crowder to Milwaukee. It's uh, Josh Hart to New York. The West is absolutely stacking up. Everybody is in the West. Like literally the one guy that didn't get treated was OG and Anobi. And the three teams that were linked to him were the Warriors, Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. Like everybody is going out to the West where as much as you say there was like teams getting better like around them, there was an opening. And I think that's also what feeds into the disappointment is like, but Brady, you, you Brady, Brady let, 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 let me go with you on that because I, I understand that, but I almost think that fed their decision the other direction, unfortunately. And, and I'm, again, I'm not questioning. We don't know. It'll come out over the next few days. We'll get more information. We always kind of get the post, the, you know, the postscript. Everybody starts to explain how close they were. I'm, I'm going to hear stuff over the next few. I mean, I'm not going to be there the next two home games, but I'll, I'll hear enough about what they were close to and what they, that, that always happens after the deadlines. But I, I, I almost, my, my guess is, and this is just a guess, is that the fact that the East was not getting better in terms of star talent. Okay. But just basically pieces around the edges and Brooklyn was selling off, which is one of the teams ahead of them could feed into a decision not to make a move. Right. Because then your thing is, okay, you know, nobody's getting that much better. One of the teams that we were challenging for home court seed is out essentially because look, Brooklyn's going to drop. They got some nice role players, but they don't have any stars to build around. And and so we'll just do our thing. Eric will coach it up, and maybe we can sneak out a four or five. But my I just, thing on I, that is, but it is, I, but it, it's counter, it's counter Brady to the way that they typically operate. And I think this is what's frustrating to Heat fans on this. Okay. Because I'm trying to feel what Heat fans are feeling today. Because I, I mean, I'm trying to be rational journalist type, and I hear obviously the Heat side of this, and I get it, and I understood a lot what happened this summer. I understood signing Caleb Martin instead of PJ Tucker. I think that was the right decision. I know the free agent market was weak. Nobody needs to call me about any of this. I know all this. We've explained all this, and I've kept saying, but still, and 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 we're here at this point, and I'm kind of like, okay, but still, with all of that, this is a championship organization. Like, well, I'm not holding them to the standards of the Miami Dolphins. Like, that, they don't yeah. want that. They mock it's... the Dolphins privately. And the Dolphins went for it this year. Like, it's it blew up in their face because their quarterback kept getting concussed. But they spent all those first-round picks on Bradley Chubb. They spent all that money on Bradley Chubb. They made moves at the deadline to try to improve and give themselves a chance. And I think he fans were used to being on this perch where their organization is going to do everything we possibly can to get better right now. They're confused. I think that's it. I just—it's not even disappointed. I just think they're confused. Is that again? I want to get to other stuff, Brady, but that's where that's 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 what I think I I am feeling from Heat fans. Like, how did we become this? I understand it, but I just think when you're kind of explaining, it, it's like in the context of like the goal here is not to be a four to five seed. Like, even though the East is kind of making those minor changes, it's like the goal isn't to kind of just jump in front of Brooklyn, where it's like you're kind of making that. Uh, in terms of like making the point about like kind of not making a move because the East is not getting that much better. I just, you're not getting past Milwaukee and Boston at this current moment, in my opinion. Like the, the point I've made before the season was that like, I made the point where talking about the four position. Yeah. You can have Caleb Martin as your four until February. Like I've kind of said that a bunch of times where I just feel like you, he could get you to February and he has like the, what are they? The six seed right now, they've gotten to a decent point with him at the four. I just don't see you going into a seven-game series with Caleb Martin as your starting power forward. So as much as we talk about that, I just don't think the goal, even but if they're going to do, now, 
they're go- they're going to now. They're they? they're going to yes, yeah. but I, but is that the but to your point is that the right move to go into a seven game series? Do you feel comfortable in in a seven game series with Caleb Martin at the four going against a Boston Milwaukee? I'm not so sure, but they're gonna have to figure it out because that guy. As much as you talked about the bio market, I know we'll talk about that more. That starting four is not going to be on the bio market. No. Oh, yeah. no. And especially the fact that it's a bunch of guards. So, like, this is what it's they have. Back, going it's, back, it's a bunch of backup point guards with names. Yeah. That's what Correct. it is. So they're okay, going to so, have to figure it out. But All right. So I, I, I want to – after the break, I want to get more into where they go from here with this roster because the, the Caleb thing, the Lowry thing, the Struess and Vincent thing now, like, that's – both of them are still here, right? So are you going to pay both of them? All right? Because you didn't move either of them. Before we get to that, oh, this is an appropriate ad for today. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water and mold damage in your whole home or business? Are your fans leaking out a little bit too? Call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356. 954-579-0356. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert and the team prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 a year. They'll do everything for you. After they repair the leak, it's been it's been located, repaired. Water Cleanup of Florida will clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. They're li- fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping the busy homeowners and business owners require. Based in Boca, right off of Clinton Moore, Yamato, that area, but they service all of South Florida, including uh, Dade and Broward as well. So call Michael anytime on his personal cell, 954-579-0356 or WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Speaking of guts, Super Bowl, Sunday, Better Edge. Get on there now. B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's our product code. Um, we used to use it for this as well. That's the number 5RSN. $20 to play. We're running competitions all this week. Our guy Sean Rochester is handling that. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. This is legal peer-to-peer gambling. You're not going to get like, you know, money orders from Costa Rica and all this stuff. No, okay? They're based in Minneapolis. Go to betteredge.com. It's legal in 45 states, including the state of Florida. Use the code 5RSN. All right, let's uh, address the elephant in the room here. They didn't trade Kyle Lowry today, Okay. And I know that some Heat fans, and we were all in there, uh, Alex Brady, for Jimmy's presser after the win. And and I thought the first part of it was like, was interesting because I'd heard that Jimmy was not going to stop a Kyle trade. 
That's basically what I heard. Like if uh, that he wasn't going to stand in the way of it. Um, and, and he kind of said, you know, it's out of my control, et cetera. And then at the end he said, and I know the heat fans noticed this. Uh, I didn't even pick it up till later, but he's not going anywhere. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing they they've got to I'm at the point now I'll go to you on this, Greg. I'm at the point now where they got some, some repairing of stuff to do here internally. Yeah. Because you can't have six dead roster spots and compete. And I'm not even talking about the two they have open right now, one of which they need to fill. They know they got that. two weeks to fill it, but yeah. Right. They got two weeks to fill it. Probably going to be Orlando Robinson signed to a, 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 a regular contract, which he deserves. He's a, he's a, he's been, he's proved to be a functional backup. Who's kind of plugged that hole that got that Deadman created. Right. And then Yurt's coming back. And, and you, at some point you hope that you have two functional players there. Uh, but also, I mean, obviously, look, they don't play Haslam a lot. Uh, you know, there are other two ways. I don't know if proven that they can handle big roles, whether it's a Jamal Kane or, or anything along those lines at this stage. They've got Duncan, who just kind of disappeared. <laughs> you know, it's like he was he had no role, then he wasn't playing, then suddenly he was having surgery. Then we never we didn't think he was going to make it past the deadline. They got to rebuild his confidence. I mean, th- they need him to play now, and it's not to trade him. And then they also, Greg, they need to fix the thing with Kyle Lowry to a certain degree because I've been reporting, and I know others have as well, that that's not so great right now, okay? No. We've heard the same stuff. Um, I heard more last night. They, they need to find a way, um, unless we're going to, in two weeks, we're going to get a press release saying that Kyle Lowry has had you know surgery on his knee and will be out indefinitely, which would not stun me if that's what ends up happening. I mean, right now he was characterized as indefinite to me. Okay, and we'll see. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, unless they're going to get that buyout guy, like Kyle needs to play at some point, right? As a starter, has, as a reserve, as something. Has to. You can't do this with these roster spots. Like we talk about asset management. There's also a, a, like team building, and you just need to use all of your roster spots. Like, what are we doing here? So they have to repair that to the point that he can be functional in some capacity. I don't know what that looks like, but they got to repair it to that point. And I think actually uh, this is where uh, Eric Spolster, Jimmy Butler, those guys will come in handy in figuring out ways to maybe make this work. Uh, But it's, it's an elephant in the room. I am interested to see how Kyle handles his interactions with the organization, with the media, with the fans going forward throughout the well, he season. Doesn't do a, he doesn't do a lot of media. That, that's this true. But this is in Toronto where he did a lot. No, but, but honestly, like to have the local media guys, the beat guys just come out and say the heat have put you on the trade block. That means the yeah. heat have put you on the damn trade block. And that's the end of that. And so uh, I just want to see how they come back from that. And I'll just, I want to sneak this in while we're on the Kyle Lowry uh, topic, because I know we're kind of going around and we don't want to make this a, a, an hour episode. There is a world where the heat front office will come back and snicker at us. If this summer, the expiring Kyle Lowry, along with Tyler hero and the picks they didn't trade away today, all of a sudden net them a player at the draft for who though, Greg, because I, I don't know who, is, but, but Greg, but Greg, that's the thing. And that's the thing. That was said to me last night too, and I'm not not just not just by people in the organization, but I'm talking about people who covered the team. That that's ultimately like, 
okay, you're better off holding the contract, right? As long as you can manage this situation, you get through this year. We kind of know where this year is ending up. It's probably ending at a first round loss in six games, right? Okay, so if if that's the case, then you can manage it to that point, and then you can attach him to Hero if you've decided that you want to move on from Hero, which I don't think they've necessarily decided they want to do. But you're saying no. there's a star out there, and I'm saying what star? Like uh, Kevin Durant just moved, right? Donovan Mitchell has moved. Like who are, who are we talking about? Like this this thing where we just keep punting it down the road because this it, magical it, star you're right, is going to. Right. Who has decided that they want to play in Miami and nowhere else since Jimmy Butler? who, by the way, was convinced in part by the greatest player in franchise history who's no longer doing the franchise's bidding. It doesn't have that many guys around the league that he even associates with it anymore because he has, he's been out of the league now for three years. This, this is Wade. what it is, Ethan. This is what it is. This team does not need another damn superstar. Fan base, attention, please. They don't need another superstar. They have two mother bleeping superstars on the roster, one of which has shown you can go deep into the playoffs dominate playoff series and win games and take you to the finals. So at some point in a big expiring contract, a young player like Tyler and multiple first round draft picks all of a sudden could get you in the conversation for maybe a enhanced version of what LA did to fortify the guys around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But how so much is that, that guy going to be better than Tyler that it's going to be worth all of that? I don't know. That's the variable asset. about what, what pops is, up. And maybe what you is that? Okay, so, so it's a Donovan Mitchell, but even with it, I mean, but here's my thing. Okay, and I'm not Donovan Mitchell now, obviously, but but a player like a Donovan Mitchell. And I'm going to pivot Dame. to Alex for a second. Okay, so maybe it's Dame. And, and I'm like, all right, but even with that, with what we've seen, look, inflation is not just a problem in this country. It's a problem in the NBA. I mean, Amen. Uh, roll, roll guys who sit out for two-thirds of the season like Jay Crowder get traded for five second-round picks. Gary Payton Jr., who left the Warriors, okay, is going back to the Warriors for five second-round picks. So, like, we're talking about these assets like, okay, attaching Tyler, who's a very, very good young player, who would have value around the league, along with Kyle Lowry's contract when you know Lowry's not going to be really effective for you in that season. And how many picks? Four, five, six? Like, what are we talking about here? So, I mean, I, I just – that's why I keep saying, like, if I'm you had an that. opportunity to move Kyle for anything, and I don't know that they did. And, again, we'll get more of this as we go forward. But if you had an opportunity, I did. I was not in favor of the holding him to the summer just so you can attach that $28 million. So anyway, I, I want to go to Alex more. This may end up being an hour episode, if it is, it is. Uh, Alex, I want to go to you on this. Um, the, the Robinson and, and, and Lowry thing. I, I mean, I don't think you can put Kyle back in the starting lineup for a couple of reasons. One, the team looks better to me with Gabe. But also, don't you need to make a decision on Gabe now? Like you kept him through the deadline. So, and then with Duncan, like where is the role for him when he comes back? Cause they have to get productivity out of those two roster spots. I just don't know how. Yeah. Uh, agreed for sure. Like obviously um, their roster is in a weird situation right now because they're, they only have 13 players. UD is not somebody you can count on. No disrespect there, of course, to the OG, but really um, like there's just too much going on where, if you don't get enough production from some of these role players, things are going to get ugly quick. And I think as far as the decision with free agency, uh, it's kind of been made for them, man. Uh, unless they want to just are in the business of letting guys walk for, you know, in fear of quote unquote, like repeating the same mistakes, you're going to let these guys walk or you're going to pay them their market value. 
So, you know, just kind of preparing Heat fans for that now because it's like, it's kind of where they're at when it comes to Gabe, when it comes to Max. Uh, Victor might decline his player option of 9.45 mil or whatever it is. And uh, Leif here in chat says they can't keep doing that. And I completely understand that perspective. But now they've kind of boxed, them, boxed themselves in this corner where it's like, well, if you just let them walk, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep – and I get it. Like, you can cycle through guys, and they always get guys out of nothing. But it's like, that's not a reliable – sustain. we can't just keep doing that. <laughs> you can't just keep letting good players walk just because, you know, Duncan Robinson got a contract that other people don't like. Max Struess is not going to get the Duncan Robinson contract. Gabe Vincent is not going to get the Duncan Robinson contract. At this point, I think, unless I'm wrong here, unless I'm missing something, because you're not going to sign and trade and hard cap yourself for these types of players – the best thing to do is try to get them at a decent um, long-term deal. I don't know, three years or so for each one of these guys. And then try to see if you can build their value up. And if not, they're just, it is what it is. Like this team is not in the business of being able to look over any sort of good players, even if they are undrafted. Like gave so Alex, what you, Alex, to, here, but what are you going to do? Point, Alex, to that point though, if we're talking, we're saying, okay, you're going to pay both of them. I've had people come to me, agents who've given me astronomical numbers for Struess. I don't know if he's going to get anywhere near them. No, but I, I, but with with the way he shot the ball this year, I, I don't blame him for a lot of it because I think he's been put kind of in a weird position this season. Uh, but. But even so, like the numbers that we're talking about, like are going to annoy Heat fans if they sign him to that kind of deal, even though Heat fans like him. OK, and, and I think I think actually most Heat fans would take him over Duncan. But after the Duncan contract, that's kind of where you're at. But just to the Gabe point, Alex, like, I mean, if you're going to pay him, like, let's say we're talking paying Gabe, I don't know, three years, 30, three years, 36. I don't something know. Long- Can- I, I hate to interrupt you, Ethan. I just I need to ask this question: Can they exceed the salary cap to sign those guys, or do they need to fit them in the existing exceptions? I think that that's something that I would need to get. Well, which exceptions are they going to have this year? That that is something that we should probably vet before we talk about it. But like, what what, what exceptions are we expecting this year? They have the biannual. That's they, that's low though. They would have that, and then they would have their um mid-level you know i mean they're going to be an over-the-cap the non-taxpayer mid-level exception they'll have as well okay which is going to be roughly what nine uh shade over that for the cap to sign them unless i'm reading this wrong i just did a quick search um it says that based on the what they signed last season gabe and max are yeah that it's it's basically the case where they have the bird rights on them. Oh well then that's different so ethan's question is valid i apologize to um well, I mean, this isn't a base year compensation <laughs> issue. It's not, it's not, you know, I'm not like the cap guru, but I, I, you know, but basically like, I, and I'll get it checked out, but essentially, uh, yeah, they can pay them. I, I just, the question is when you have Jimmy's contract, you've got Bam's contract, you've got Tyler's contract hitting, you still have Kyle's contract in the books. They didn't want to pay the tax this year. Right. So how deep in the tax are you going to, to pay these guys? I, I feel to me, Max, is the kind of guy you go to and you say, look, uh, you know, we've given you a shot here. You're comfortable playing here. Here's a deal that works for both of us. And you try to work out that deal with him. I think to a certain degree, you do the same with Gabe, but I think Gabe is a little more of a complicated situation because there's a big difference between paying a starting point guard and a backup point guard in this league. There's a big difference. Okay. Well, if you're going to move Kyle, shouldn't you do it anyways? Well, they've done that kind of thing before. We've talked about the Hardaway to Anthony Carter thing. We've talked about going to Norris Cole and, and all of that. 
but they, they have to make a decision. Is Gabe going to be a starting point guard? I think. Can he be a starting point guard with Bam and Jimmy? I like it. I've said before, I like it. I think he's a better fit with them because they don't have to cover for him defensively. Like, that's the single biggest thing. Brady's talked about this a lot. Like, maybe Caleb can be a starting power forward in the playoffs if he doesn't have to guard the best guard on the other team all the time because he's covering for Kyle because Gabe can do it. Like, I, I like Gabe's fit. I don't see why Gabe can't be a Mario Chalmers or Norris Cole type with this group. I, I think he's perfect. I think he has the ability to do it, and he'll shoot more consistently with a more consistent role. But I, but I think I think Brady, I think they need to make a decision on him, right? Like, I, I just think Gabe Vincent should be the starting point guard the rest of the year, regardless of who they bring in. Honestly, I agree. And I and even away from the basketball for a second, I always talked about like a jolt of energy, like a team just needing like a change of scenery. This is a change of scenery, whether it's friendships and, and you know the things we talked about between Jimmy and Kyle and things like that. Kyle off the bench just gives a change of scenery. Like Gabe starting. Let's see what Kyle can do with a different group of guys. Let's see if uh, you know, see, I know how the Westbrook thing ended, but obviously he accepted a six-man role. So like there's ways to kind of getting around this where you can kind of be utilized in different ways. And like you said, it's more of an a simple fit with Gabe. You have the defensive variant. You look at this game last night, and I'm not taking this all from you know a small sample size, but you look at the way in this last game, Gabe's just taking these spot up threes and stepping into them. He had 11 early points where it's like they just they don't need a lot from that position when you're kind of putting a lot on Bam and Jimmy to start games. You just need a, a guy that's not going to be a negative, it feels like. And what we keep talking about, I guess, like, first of all, I, I totally agree with your point about kind of evaluating him that way. It also makes sense because if you're going to get a pull check on a guy before a contract year and obviously you're not making any moves anyway, why not get a kind of a bigger sample size on what he can be in the regular season in that starting role? And as much as we talk about in the context of can he do it, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen again and, and there's context to the, the playoffs last year. But in a lot of those big games in the playoffs, half of them, Gabe Vincent was your starting point guard leading up to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, I think it was – I think Kyle started 10 and Gabe started 8. Like, it wasn't that the fact that Gabe was, like, just some, another one of those those bench players in that run. Like, a lot of those games, he was actually one of their better players and he was starting. Are you going to get that same production? I'm not very sure, and I'm not saying that Gabe Vincent's going to – save their season and save their playoff run. But it's like, in that context, it makes sense. But in terms of the Kyle's thing, it just, it just, it, to your point, and I know you've been talking about kind of the way they can utilize them moving forward and how they could save face off the court. But on the court, I just don't think you just move forward with this. Like if Kyle, if the, that stuff doesn't happen with the, I know your prediction about the, the surprise <laughs> injury form or whatever, if he's playing, I don't know how you just, just move on. Like there's professional levels to it but you can't just stick him right back in the starting lineup and act like the issues that have been there all season and you just move on with it. Like there has to be some level of change of scenery. So I guess Gabe Vincent's going to be that, that element. And to your point before as well, as crazy as it sounds, I think they, when Duncan gets healthy, they need to utilize him too. You're looking at a team that literally cannot shoot. Like they are bottom of the league in three point shooting. There's no reason at this point, not to utilize one of the best three-point shooters a couple years ago. And I'm not, I've am not. i been one of the people that have said not to play him in kind of last season at different parts. At this very moment, they need to utilize him when he comes back, I think, with this current roster, if they're not going to make a move. So how do they exactly do it? Because they're going to have Max and Duncan off the bench. They could figure that out. I keep saying that when I look at this roster, I'm like, they just figure out ways to walk into top five defenses, it feels like, every year. And I know last game was not a good example of that. But they, they can figure out ways to defend. This team can't score right now, and they can't shoot. So just utilize your offensive players as much as possible, and I think they just have to move parts around, and that involves Gabe. 
I, I'm with you on playing Duncan, and I actually think it would help Max. I, I feel like having another shooting specialist out there at times, if you can cover for them defensively for very short stretches and get Duncan going. And look, the trade deadline has passed, and maybe Duncan wanted to be traded, didn't want to be traded. We don't know. Obviously, his role here has, has decreased significantly. We did see, though, after the trade deadline last year that Duncan's numbers shot up. He shot the ball much better from three once the trade deadline passed. So maybe that would happen again. But they got to rebuild his confidence. I, I With Lowry, to me, it's more rebuilding the relationship and the role and reshaping the role. But with Duncan, I think it's just rebuilding his confidence. I think if they could rebuild his confidence somehow and get him out there, they have to utilize that. You're right. They're just an awful shooting team. They, and this is not about trying to make that contract more, uh, you know, amenable to you know to a trade okay or something like that or more appealing to a trade you're not going to do that now there's no way to do that you cannot save that at this stage his contract only will have any value at this point in the last year of it okay and we've talked about it being a partial guarantee and all that it, it will it will have value going forward for for again cap mechanics reasons it's not going to have value to another team in the sense of well i have to go get that guy so you got to make the best of it on your own team. And we know that Eric Spolster has done that. Here's the other thing. I don't think it'll be detrimental to Bam at this point. I think Bam is past the point of trying to get other guys open. And that was always an issue with Duncan, that they're running dribble handoffs for Duncan instead of for Bam. I think this team's past that. That's the one good thing that's happened this year is that Bam doesn't wait anymore for anybody. He goes. That's been the one success story this entire season. So I think they'll be okay on that. All right, we're going to close in a second. I'm going to give Greg the final word today, So and we'll let him wrap on this. Before we do, I do want to mention one more sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friend Nelson over at c-armstaffing.com. That's c-armstaffing.com. What do they do? Well, basically – they're going to provide equipment that's needed in a hospital here. Reach out to them again at crmstaffing.com. What do they do? They do office-based procedures, pain management offices, chiropractic offices, cadaver courses, all of it. If you are, if you do work at a hospital, you do work at a medical office, reach out to them at c-armstaffing.com. And it's 561-891-9620, 561-891-9620, C-Arm and staffing.com all right uh greg i'm just gonna let you again i'm not preparing anything here i didn't tell you i was gonna do this but i'm the jaded guy right <laughs> uh the former journalist and all this if i was writing a column today i don't know that it would be pretty honestly no, i would be um, mad at you like back when you wrote the column about the 06 team i was mad at you that's when well I that was one just DMing you back trying in my to face. build I mean, a relationship <laughs> oh that's 17 years ago yeah no pat threw that one in my face trust me when they advanced to the finals that year uh i made sure to sit in the front row because i don't believe in hiding after you write something so i was there in the front row and pat basically he did the point with me like spo did with brady except it wasn't to say I was smart. It was to say I was stupid because uh, I said that team would not win a championship after he made those moves uh, in the 05 off season. And obviously those moves worked because Dwayne made them work, but that's a whole nother story that it imploded oh. the next season. But, yeah. but if I wrote a column today, Greg, I would be criticizing them not for today. I would be criticizing them for the summer. And I think there is some, not, not this summer, but also the previous summer. And I think there are lessons to be learned here. Yep about about they did not turn over the franchise to LeBron James during those four years. I mean, we joke about Shabazz Napier. That was minor, but they did not do, they basically brought in Jimmy's guy. 
And that's why, again, as much as I am like the biggest, I love what Jimmy's done here. I hope they win a championship with Jimmy. But this idea that they didn't get Jimmy help is ridiculous when they brought in the player that he that he wanted and they knew they were overpaying. They knew the third year was too much. I think they thought they could squeeze two years out of it with Kyle. But I think there's some lessons have been learned. One, not every contract is tradable just because you think it's going to be. Just because you've worked magic before and you were able to move JJ's contract eventually, right? And you were able to move uh, Dion's contract. And because Andy, you know, did these, these gymnastics with a cap and all that. And they obviously with Pat and everybody else, they worked. It doesn't mean you can do it every time. I think that this organization has become too reliant on two things. Andy's sort of genius with cap and Spo's genius in terms of maximizing players whose ceilings are not that high. I think those two things have actually hamstrung them now because there's a belief that they can kind of Houdini their way out of anything. And what they've shown is it's just not possible that the NBA has changed. Teams don't, uh, they don't care about cap space anymore. They're training for players a year early. Like, uh, you know, it's more of a player's league in terms of dictating where you're going. Players are okay going to places that are not Miami, okay? If they see a good situation and their agent says that this can work out for them there. There's a whole bunch of things. And also the Rudy Gobert trade changed the dynamics where now every player is worth five draft picks. Like this has changed on them. And I think I think the ground moved under their feet and I don't think they've adjusted to it particularly well at, to this point. And I think that also when you look at the Kyle situation, it is instructive that, you know, bringing in a guy in his 30s and expecting him to have the same passion for the game that he had after he won a championship, after he was in a place that literally was the only place he's really ever been comfortable his entire career. Before Kyle got to Toronto, you know, there were always talking about issues in Houston and issues in this place and issues in that. He got to Toronto. It was the perfect fit. They embraced him. He became like the star of the country. And that's great. But it reminds me of when Dwayne went to Chicago. Like they, and that was home for Dwayne. And yet for Dwayne, it was not home because, okay. So to expect Kyle to, for this to be home for him and for this to work perfectly, I just think a whole bunch of things. I don't think that they should ever pay a guy that age that much for that many years again. I don't think that they should necessarily cater to a star on something like that again. Uh, I, and, and I, and I think that they should not believe that they can always trade a contract just because they've done it before. I, that's, I, I just think we're past that point. I'm sorry. I preach. took your whole ending. Go. No, no preach. Because I feel like that that sets up where I'm going to end this and I'll be quick. Cause this was really a day to me. That's about lessons learned and future implications. And so like, right. All the lessons learned that you just mentioned, I think are viable and we're going to unpack them further on, f- on future episodes. This is what can happen because there is still an opportunity here. People don't want to hear this shit today, but they're going to hear it from me as we close. If you come in this summer, you have a chance to dramatically reshape this roster. There is no doubt they held on to their picks. There is no doubt about it. So what you cannot do is you cannot be a second round out and then sign Max and or Gabe to long-term deals at inflated numbers um, or just let them walk for nothing. You got to figure that out. You have to maximize each asset that you have signing trades. I don't know what will happen there, but you got to, you got to explore it. What you can't do is have this Lowry contract and the picks that you've now hoarded. And I'm using hoarded with air quotes. Cause I know there ain't many to hoard, but you got to figure out a scenario where when another player pops up that you really want to go and get, you don't have to report back to the media that we just didn't have enough to get it done. At some point you can't kick the can the can down any further 
This summer coming up is the summer that I believe will be the defining one of is the Jimmy Butler era going to result in sustained contending championship success? Or is this going to be like kind of a, a quick run and then it's over and uh, we move on to the next. So this is going to shaping up to be a huge summer for the front office and the heat organization. And this is probably unfair, but someone <laughs> said this to me today. And I think there's some validity to it, although certainly Bam and Tyler don't belong in this category. But I said, what's the best case scenario for this team? And the answer was, well, maybe Jimmy can take a bunch of G-leaguers to the finals again. You don't want to be in that position, okay? They they need they, – they basically stole Jimmy Butler. They To a certain degree, they stole Victor Oladipo at the time with that trade. It, they stole Tyler here on Bam Adebayo in the draft, but you're right, Greg. At some point, you have to have the assets where you don't have to win by that much to get the player, right? You have to have enough that you can just pay the asking price for the player. Uh, in the case of Kyle Lowry, they had the money, but I don't know that they had the foresight on it. Um, or maybe they just thought that it was going to work out better, and and it's just, you know, again, you give it a shot, and it doesn't, but... I think the single biggest thing that's hamstringing right them right now is they've got a $30 million player that I, I don't know what they can expect from the rest of this year. I mean, if they were getting the value out of that slot, this whole thing would look different, but it doesn't. And you add to that Duncan's 18 million. It's a lot of money tied up in two players that we're, we're trying to figure out what their role is going to be the rest of the year. Uh, that makes it tough. All right. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Greg. I hope we covered everything for everybody today. I'm sure everybody's going to be mad at all of us in some way, um, but we're just trying to provoke some thought here because I would try to relate uh, to the Heat fans. I, we're not on video, so I won't show you what Greg just did. Thanks to our sponsor, C-Armstaffing.com. Uh, Water Cleat up of Florida. You got the Schwitz. They got the Guts. Prize picks. Use the code 5. Better Edge. Use the code 5. RSN. Uh, Brady and Alex will be at the game on Friday. We are still covering games, people. We're still covering games, okay? They still matter. We'll see where it goes. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.